Hello everyone, my name is Afshin and I'm a 3L student at Queen's Law and we are joined today by Sinead, Ruben and Brayden for a special QCIR Q-Law Pod episode to talk about the Queen's Conference on Indigenous Reconciliation, the fifth annual conference taking place on February 9th to February 10th, 2024, that's Friday and Saturday. So just to kick it off, we want to talk about the conference. So how about we just ask, what is this conference about? Let's start off with this question. What is it about? We've got a theme, innovative collaboration. Do any of y'all want to enlighten us? So we decided to go with the theme, innovative collaboration this year, because uh, after last year, we sent out an attendee survey. And one of the main responses that we got from that survey was that people really loved the content that we were talking about, but wanted to be able to action what they learned at the conference. And so we spent probably about three months this summer uh, workshopping the title and figuring out how we were going to figure out a theme that still embraced the fact that we are a conference that focuses on reconciliation in both business and in law, um, but that we wanted to kind of focus ourselves a little bit more. Um, we had a document of 24 different themes at the beginning and we narrowed it all down to innovative collaboration because of that reason. And we have been talking to all of our speakers and they've all been super on board and super excited about the fact that, um, we kind of have greenlit them for talking about action rather than just focusing on the issues right now. That is an incredible amount of work. 24, just to get everyone to agree on one theme from 24, I think is already impressive. And actually on that note, so you mentioned that you have a business and law focus. Why do you have this particular focus? I think I might pass that one to Brayden because he's been with us for the longest right from the beginning. Amazing. Sure. Uh, I'd be happy to take on that one. Uh, I think with the, with the business and law, there's a lot of opportunity within that especially with getting people to uh, come in from Toronto and different other organizations around, around, uh, around Ontario. And even actually, I think we have some speakers uh, outside of province and I think they're very large sectors that uh, has a lot of opportunity for growth and, uh, and opportunity. Uh, well, actually when it first started, I know this is might get into a little bit of a different question about how it evolved, but it used to be called the uh, Queen uh, reconciliation, reconciliation on Bay street. And that was due to, uh, kind of the lack of Indigenous repre- representation in the business and law sectors and, and uh, the abilities to grow and evolve within that. So students kind of saw that that uh, lack of representation and, and thought it was a good sector to start with to see it grow and uh, teach, uh, teach students how to engage with that and give them different opportunities to grow within that. That's actually that's actually perfect. If you could tell us a little bit more about how it did involve and why you decided to change the name, because now it's called the Queen's Conference on Indigenous Reconciliation. So while we have you, Braden, if you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So it actually began, I think, a couple of years before before I came to Queen's in, in 2020 during COVID. And it was actually started. One of the speakers we have this year, his name is Chip McCrimmon, and he was a fundamental part on actually starting the conference, which I think it'd be cool for people who are coming to the conference to speak to him and, and he could give his perspective on how he's seen it grow as well. Um, and when I started on the conference, it was actually an online conference and we were able to reach uh, demographics again across, across Canada so they could access it. And then with regards to the name, uh, we kind of saw it as an opportunity because it's not just reconciliation on Bay Street. There's business and law and indigenous opportunities across 
uh, across Canada again. So we think it's uh, it's not just about being on, in Toronto and on Bay Street and, and in that area. It's about just reconciliation in general. And also, uh, you know, for business business school here at Queen Smith and, and the law school here at, at Queen's, there's there's opportunities for reconciliation even within that. So we think it just incorporates a lot more and uh, just will help help evolve it in, in different areas more than just Bay Street. Yeah, and that's pretty exciting. Actually, on the note of diversifying the conference, Ruben, a question for you is how do you make sure that the programming, just like the evolution of the conference, is diverse in its topics? We start meeting early on, so um, only a few months after our previous conference, we started talking about ideas for the next conference, and we had meetings in the summer. And we have a Google Drive with so many different docs that have uh, ideas that we like to brainstorm. And then uh, we have weekly meetings eventually as it gets closer to the date to finalize those topics. And uh, based on those topics, we research and network with people who have expertise in those fields. And then we reach out to them via email or uh, telephone. Um, Sometimes they like to meet on Zoom or over the phone to find out more. And um, even if these people aren't available to do the conference, they often connect us with um, other people in that field that have a valuable perspective on a certain topic. Oh, that's amazing. And just to give us a little sneak peek, what are you covering this year at the conference? What kind of topics can we anticipate and get excited for? There's so many different topics. Um, it includes uh, economic reconciliation, which um, is more on so on the business side, um, but that can also relate to law. Uh, we have an environmental law topic. Um, we're trying to uh, incorporate uh, Inuit perspectives as well. Um, one of our speakers has uh, plenty of experience in the field of uh, Inuit reconciliation in the law. Um, so there's so many different uh, categories. Um, we also have John Burroughs coming in to do some Indigenous storytelling. Um, Ooh, name so drop. <laughs> that's going to be awesome as well. So, um, yeah, it's with innovative collaboration this year, we were able to keep it pretty broad. Um, so we have lots of different uh, panels for everyone. That's amazing. And so I know that you're naming a lot of these diverse areas of law that are getting covered everywhere from business to environmental law. And I guess I want to throw it over to Sinead and ask, how do you appeal to students to come to this conference and attend who don't always see reconciliation as something that is necessarily a part of their career trajectories and have this view? This is a question that we've been grappling with a lot this year. Um, we are always trying to figure out how we get the student buy-in year to year. And a lot of the times the conversation kind of skews towards, well, why don't we get professors to suggest that students come? Why don't we suggest like different ways to advertise it? But we had a lot of conversations this year about how do we incentivize students to come on their own and how do we convince them that this is something that they should be doing just for themselves and making the decision without necessarily being told that they should be doing it. Um, and so 
kind of to extend Ruben's answer on some of our topics, we've we've included some topics that people don't necessarily expect um, would touch reconciliation, like intellectual property um, and uh, some international law. Um, and we think it's really, really important to drive the point that, you know, reconciliation is going to touch everybody in every area, no matter what you're practicing, even if it's just in who you interact with. Um, especially when we're talking about things like economic reconciliation, like you're going to be interacting with Indigenous people and Indigenous businesses and Indigenous communities, and you need to be equipping yourself with the tools to do that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I feel like it's it just boggles my mind that this isn't, that anyone would think that reconciliation is not a part of their career objectives or trajectories or just a part of their life. Hello. <laughs> Where are you? What are we doing? Of course it is. And I, I think it's it's an incredible undertaking that you've all been on this project to bring this forward. We should feel so privileged that we could attend a conference like this in the first place. And, and even in thinking about this, just thank you to all of you and your members. And Brayden, apparently you've been on this team every single year. What what has that been like and what's kept you kept you going? Yeah, yeah. So I actually joined it in, in first year, and I'm really glad I did. I think it was a great way to get uh, involved with – I am an Indigenous student here at Queen's, so I think it's a great way to actually learn how to be involved in an organization in that regards and, and promote reconciliation uh, within within an organization. And my father at home, he he's uh, he's involved. He's Indigenous as well, and uh, he's, he's involved, involved in some different councils uh, around our region. And I think he provided a good example for me for how to be an active uh, active participant in that, not just saying uh, saying you're doing things and, and wanting to do things, and but actually acting on it and doing it. So I think that had a big part of it, and continuing to come back and help it grow was was really cool. And also just being a part of a of a team, uh, the team has been great. I've been very lucky for that. The the people that we've been able to surround ourselves with have all gotten along very well, and and they're all very uh, hardworking and dedicated students. So. That's really interesting. And, and finally, I guess uh, a point for anyone listening that has thought about getting involved, uh, like we mentioned before, you know, going forward and, and work, no matter what you're doing or even outside of work, you're going to you're going to be involved with people of different cultures, different backgrounds. And uh, I think it's important to learn with that. Not everyone on our team is indigenous, but in the work field, you're going to you're going to have to work with people that are indigenous or, or that aren't. And you have to learn to work together and and build each other up and not just uh not just make the people of those diverse backgrounds promote it themselves, but actually walk with them and, and show how that can be done. So I think Queen's Conference on Indigenous Reconciliation has been great with that, and hopefully that'll keep going forward with it. That's really yeah. beautiful. But, and did you want to, sorry, did I cut anyone off? No? Okay. I did want to actually on that same note ask, and I think, I don't think that you as a organization are particularly facing this, problem or maybe this anxiety, but I've been speaking to other student leaders in other facets of Queen's Law who are graduating, and they've built these legacies for their entire time at Queen's Law, their entire tenure, two, three years, and some have even inaugurated clubs that are equity-seeking. And maybe you can impart some wisdom, because much of your team will be graduating this year, and how do you hope that this legacy continues and stays alive after graduation. 
Yeah, uh, I think I think with that point, it, I, I can relate it to how I got involved with it. And there used to be an employee uh, at our at Queens named Ann Deer, and she was she was great at, at reconciliation and uh, indigenous indigenous initiatives. And I, at the beginning of my first year, which was during COVID, so it was all online. We all uh, we were indigenous students were offered just like this meeting to kind of meet other in, indigenous students and learn of different initiatives in the school. And she actually brought up this conference. And uh, kind of talked about, you know, its importance and, and the fact that it should continue going. Because not only was it during COVID when it was online, so that kind of presented a challenge. But similar to this year, a lot of the students were, were going to be graduating. So I think they kind of thought in the same way. So not only did they kind of talk about the importance of it, but they made it clear it's only going to, the longevity of it is only going to work if, if the individuals sincerely care about it, not just doing it for, you know, a resume builder or this or that. It's, it's important mm-hmm. to care about the issues and, and want to actually make a difference. So I think her sharing that perspective not only, you know, touched students, but actually selected the students that could make this conference successful and, and make it what it is today. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really powerful. And actually I was, I was wondering, so this conference is very much so open to Indigenous and non-Indigenous attendees. But to my understanding, I've heard that you've also reached out to Indigenous speakers and non-Indigenous speakers. And I was wondering, Ruben, if you could speak a little bit to that. Yeah, our uh, main goal is to have someone speaking who has a valuable perspective on that topic. Uh, And for that reason, uh, we try to make most of our speakers make sure that they're indigenous uh, because um, as a non-indigenous person, you're not always going to have an appropriate perspective on a certain issue and you're not always going to be able to speak on an issue effectively. Um, But there are exceptions to that. um, And we do have one or two non-indigenous speakers that um, have dedicated their career to reconciliation and um, helping um, remedy some uh, indigenous issues in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we really have to make sure that those people have the experience and have the expertise. Um, but uh, we find that it is okay to have a couple exceptions to that, um, as long as they're um, appropriately speaking on the topic and are considerate and are educated with what they're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. But we do try to keep uh, primarily an Indigenous perspective. Yeah, and I feel like this would be a very important model or possibility model for allies who are attending, just to understand how to understand our position. I'm saying our because I am a settler, and my position as a settler, if I want to also partake in the reconciliation project that's ongoing, what does that look like? And to be able to talk to others who have been very ethical about this and how they've navigated it, and to even talk in person and say, well, how do you negotiate this? How do you maneuver this? What advice do you have in a way where you can still be ethical and conscious and, and know your your space and the space you're taking up to be conscious of that? I think it's, it's wonderful that you've spoken to that and that will be present at the conference. And this is the fifth conference, the fifth. Sinead, do you want to tell us about this? What does this mean, the fifth conference? Yeah, it's really exciting. Um, we're trying hard to not like let that be 
the end all and be all of what we're doing and not like be a little bit too big for our britches just because it's our fifth year. Um, <laughs> but of course, every single year we we try to do something new, try to um, add in new perspectives. And we're hoping that this year will be another year where we get to say that uh, we've broken records, our own records. Um, like, for example, last year we had a total of 184 attendees across in-person and online ticket holders. Um, I don't know if we're going to hit that this year. I really hope that we will, but um, I don't know if we will. Um, but the fact that we're in our fifth year is really exciting for me personally, because that means that uh, this is something that is starting to build longevity. And we had some conversations back in the summer with some Queens Law faculty about, you know, how do we make sure that this is something that does stick around, uh, especially because, you know, kind of going back to um, the anxieties of some club leadership that people aren't necessarily joining up as often. We also saw a decline in um, applications, like a significant decline in applications to our team this year. Um, and we just really want to make sure that we are doing something that uh, we're we're working really hard to make it as good as possible. But we are showing people that um, this is something that is growing and it's a place where they can meet other professionals and other students who are interested in this area, but also just different topics in law in general. Um, and I think that that's mostly our goal this year. It, like it was one of our very, very first conversations with uh, Queen's Law this year was how do we make sure that next year we still have the space and the capacity and the team members to make sure that this keeps going. Of course, I think a lot of power is also to attendees to have attendees come and also show their support because you're putting in hours and hours and hours of organizational labor. And then when the attendees come, that's that's one way of kind of feeling like, okay, this is this is going. People are here. People are interested. So I, I'm going to throw it to you, Brayden. What, what would you come to this conference for? And I'll also ask, since you've been on the team so long, what are you most proud of, too, celebrating the fifth year anniversary? Yeah, uh, I think just from a, a simple standpoint, it's just the opportunities to learn at this conference are, are so beneficial. Uh, not only hearing from uh, leaders that are in the business and sector law, but being in, able to engage with different students uh, and those those uh, those employees from the sectors that are both Indigenous and some non-Indigenous. So you can kind of, uh, I, I think, picture yourself in their shoes and, and learn from people who had firsthand experience in this in this area, because sometimes you can't get that. And online, you know, just sending an email to someone doesn't necessarily give you uh, all the resources and information you need. So Going there and being a part of it is just a, a great opportunity to learn from from other people. And uh, one of the things I guess I'm most proud of is kind of on some of the points we've been making is just watching it grow and, and watching it continue to be so important uh, in the in the Queens community and and outside. Uh, and as I mentioned uh, with Chip McCrimmon, who who started it a few years before me, uh, I'm 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 friends with his younger brother actually, so I had a connection with him before, which is was just kind of a fluke how it happened that he ended up starting it before me. And one time he came, we talked about it and he just said he was so happy to see that, that it was continuing after he was gone because they started it with this idea of, of promoting that reconciliation, which was at the time on Bay street, but watching it grow into something else is just kind of almost in a way 
seeing seeing something he something he created and others around him created uh grow into something far beyond that and hopefully we can look back in a few years and, and say the same thing to people who come after us so yeah Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> and just some lasting notes, because again, we want, we want people to not miss out on this opportunity because people who go, I already got my ticket, y'all, and I'm going to talk about this and people are going to feel like they missed out. So for you, Sinead, who should come to the conference? Uh, our conference is really open to anybody. Um, we have Last year, we kind of had a broader perspective. Um, we did really encourage anybody from any faculty to come, and that's still the case. Um, you will, no matter if you're from education, from medicine, you will get something out of this conference. Um, it is definitely slanted more towards business and law, so you might get something a little bit less out than one of those students will. Uh, but it's also completely open to students and to professionals. Uh we love when uh, professionals come and come and take value from our conference and also because it opens up an opportunity for networking and for people to share experiences and knowledge and understanding with our students that they might not currently be getting in their lectures and what's available in courses. Um, and so we also think that it's valuable to have students come online because we have the online tickets from places outside of Kingston. Uh, mm -hmm. We connected with the University of Victoria this year, and they're going to buy some uh, online tickets for their students. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's really nice to see like how far this conference is starting to reach. And this year is the first year that we've even started to have some people reaching out before ticket sales were even online asking mm -hmm. about uh, when it would be. So uh, we have some government workers coming. Last year we had a, a babysitting group come. It's, wow. it's really nice to see who's interested. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> so maybe to wrap it up, we have this last question. I feel like it's been answered, but we could just throw it up to everybody. Maybe all three of you can get take a stab at this and give your final thoughts before we close off. And it's just why is this conference important? And maybe we'll just say this one. This year, the fifth annual innovative collaboration. Why is this one in particular important? I really, really think that this action piece is really important. We're mm -hmm. trying to have conversations that for the Indigenous people who come to the conference, uh, they, they are also pulling value out of it, but that the settlers who come to the conference are able to understand better what their place is, just as you were speaking about before. Um, and, you know, like reconciliation is not, it's not an Indigenous person's project this is a project that we all need to be working on um and having those action items uh i think i hope is going to kind of help people guide in their practice of reconciliation um and i'm really hoping that people are willing to kind of show up and be uncomfortable and to be willing to talk and share in these spaces and maybe not know the perfect way to say it and to fumble through their questions, um, but still be willing to share with us because it's the only way that we're ever going to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think just to add on that a little bit too. Yeah. Just the opportunity to learn is, is, is so unique. And, and again, it's not, this is not for a credit or for a class. I think people that are going to go are, are there to learn and, and to, and to experience certain things related to reconciliation 
And uh, something I don't even think we've mentioned throughout this podcast yet is we're we're planning on doing a Sacred Fire this year, um, mm-hmm. which will be a, just a very unique and interesting thing, I think, to just experience. I've never got to experience it, and I think it's just something that is uh, offered because of the conference that, that students can definitely enjoy and maybe be a part of something they haven't before and maybe ha- uh, won't ever get to again, but... I think there's a lot of things that are going to be taught and said that can be carried forward with people throughout their life. And, and I think that's always important. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just to expand on that, I think it's really important to attend the conference because it's actually a practical step that people can take to uh, achieve uh, reconciliation Um on a small scale and hopefully that can influence people and it could spread wider and wider. Um, I know there's been uh, kind of some controversy the past few years about land acknowledgements and how um, they're becoming a bit symbolic. Um, But this is a way to go beyond the symbolism and attend something and learn something and figure out practical uh, measures that can be taken to um, improve um, some of the issues that have been occurring uh, in Canadian society. And another thing is people pretend like uh, reconciliation has already been done or Indigenous mm-hmm. issues are something from the past. Colonization already happened, but colonization is still ongoing. And uh, the trauma that people face uh, in a family or workplace setting um, due to um, the historical colonialism that Canada committed. Um, That trauma is in full force right now. Uh, It takes a while for intergenerational trauma to process for a lot of people. And the effects are at its peak right now. So to pretend like it's something in the past is uh, just false. Um, So, Reconciliation is more important than ever at this moment in time, which is why attending the fifth conference in particular is especially important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we've all been involved in equity-seeking work, everyone present here, and I always like to say that reconciliation, anti-oppression, anti-colonial, all these all these frameworks that we want to function within, these are not just frameworks, these are actions. You have to commit every single day to these actions. You have to commit to to this. And that doesn't mean that you have to bring yourself out and attend every single event that exists under the sun, because that's impossible. But it's just understanding what actions are you taking, what commitment that's beyond us just saying, yeah, of course, of course, I'm anti-colonial. But what is that? What does that look like in practice? Because it's a commitment every day. So with all that being said, and my ticket being bought, I'm so excited for this conference. <laughs> we just want to thank you all again. Thank you, Ruben. Thank you, Brayden. Thank you, Sinead, for committing and the entire club for putting this together and for really being so generous and putting together what sounds like it's going to be a truly memorable conference. We are very excited. So everyone listening, just to repeat, Queen's Conference on Indigenous Reconciliation, that's this Friday, February 9th, and Saturday, February 10th, 2024. It's in a couple weeks. Tickets are still being sold and available, so please go and grab them before they run out. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you at the conference.